The Truth of the Cross, written in collaboration with Michael Sullivan. Billy Graham once said, The cross splits the world. Either you look at it and think, that's pathetic, or you look at it and think, that's powerful. If you think it's pathetic, Paul says you are perishing, but if you think it's the power of God, you are being saved. But it's one or the other. Our faith must begin and end at the cross. The trouble is that many Christians have bypassed the cross and are trying to be moral by their willpower and self-effort, rather than trusting in the indwelling power of Christ to transform them. But if we attempt to build our spiritual life by any other foundation than Christ crucified, we are doing so by our natural strength. Galatians 3.3 3. Are you so foolish? After beginning by the means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? We preach Christ crucified. This is the focal point of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a picture of blood flowing from Christ's veins as he hung on the cross. The message of the shed blood is repugnant to many, and they turn from such a gory sight, feeling that their delicate sensibilities have been outraged. Many people will accept Christ's character, but they reject his crucifixion. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message of the cross is foolishness, absurd, and illogical to those who are perishing and spiritually dead because they reject it, but it is to those who are being saved by God's grace, it is the manifestation of the power of God. The truth of the cross is that God himself offered salvation by sending his Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross as atonement for our sins. This atonement, a free gift, provides each of us the single path to eternal salvation. While the receiving of this gift is dependent on the receiver, it is only the finished work of the cross by Jesus Christ that we are saved from eternal damnation and ushers us into the kingdom of God as adopted sons and daughters, rightful co-heirs to that kingdom. Acts 4.12 Salvation is found under no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The cross is God's intended method by which to bring salvation. To assume that we mere humans can do anything in our own power to gain entrance into the kingdom is blasphemy. But for the finished work of the cross, there is no salvation, there is no hope. The truth of the cross is an uncompromising reminder that the atonement of Christ is our gift of grace and mercy from the throne of God himself. You take away the cross as an atoning act, you take away Christianity. Hebrews 12.2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. We must never lose sight of Christ's triumph on the cross. We were saved by faith in Christ's sacrifice on the cross, and now overcome by faith in Christ's victory on the cross. The cross is the secret to our overcoming. Christ conquered Satan and sin on the cross. So this begs the question, if the cross of Christ is the beginning and end of our faith, then why are so many churches removing the crosses from view? Be warned, it doesn't matter what anyone tells you about the great revival or moving of the Spirit taking place. It doesn't matter how many multitudes are involved or how loud their praises are. It doesn't matter how successful a particular ministry may be. If the cross of Jesus Christ is not the door through which people come, you can rest assured it is not a work of God. The cross, including its demands and hopes, are the very heart of the gospel, and any worship and fellowship, anything calling itself church, is, is blatant idolatry if the cross is not at its center. Such worship is another spirit entirely, and God will have nothing to do with it. Without the cross, all that is left is chaff, a perverted gospel, something from the pits of hell. 
So many churches pour their time and resources into providing yet one more program, working diligently to present a Hollywood-style production on Sunday morning with light shows, eye-catching slide, flashing videos, dance presentations, and vocal solos, all served up with a specialty coffees and fancy pastries, all in an effort to do church, or what they think the masses are looking for. What they are looking for is the truth, the truth of the cross, the truth of salvation, just the truth. All of this brings me to question. What if you showed up to the church on Sunday morning and the power was out? There can be no slides, no orchestra, no microphones, no overheads, no computerized videos, no coffee, no nothing. Nothing but a preacher and his flock. Would there still be church that morning? Could there still be church that morning? I pray the answer would still be yes. Without the slides and videos or music to set the atmosphere, well, what then? I fear there would be such a disappointment in folks. After all, the production they have come to expect will not be performed today. Would they stay? I would hope the reason that they come to church is about the message and not for the feel-good presentation. I would hope they had heard about the redemption of their souls. I would hope they knew about the redeeming work of Jesus. I would hope they know the only way to salvation. If what they know is only the words to the songs and not the name of the books of the Bible, well, in my opinion, something is upside down. I don't care how many seats you fill or how many dollars are collected. It is all for naught if the souls are perishing. I say to such ministers, bring back the cross or the people's blood will be in your hands. Is it necessary to have a cross in church? I was told recently that Jesus never told us to put up a cross. I was also reminded that we are to pick up our cross and follow him, and that we are told to remember him in the breaking of the bread. When we look at the cross, we are reminded of several things. First, the cross is the clearest evidence of the world's guilt, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. Second, in the cross we see the proof of God's hatred of sin. The one who sins is the one who will die, Ezekiel 18.20. Third, in the cross we see the glorious exhibition of God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him shall have eternal life. John 3.16 Fourth, in the cross we see the way to victory. The cross is the instrument by which God delivers us from the penalty of our sins. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Romans 6.6 6. For some believers, the absence of the cross may not be of particular concern, but I wonder what goes through the minds of the seeker who enters the church doors for the first time and sees no cross. Do they wonder what the hoopla is about? Do they wonder why, if redemption and forgiveness of sins was the only way to heaven and eternal life, and can only come through the cross, then why isn't there one around? Perhaps they really don't mean it? Perhaps it's more of a suggestion? Confusion. I am sure you can see from the tone of this writing that the absence of the cross in a Christ-centered church is disturbing and, in my opinion, cause for concern. You see, I believe that if not for the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, well, what's the point? I have no reason to worship. I have no reason for showing up on Sunday morning. I don't know what you see when you look at the cross of Christ, but what I see is love, a love so deep and so profound that Jesus willingly laid his life down on the cross for me and for you. All of the nasty, ugly, vile, revolting things I did, he took them from me onto himself and took them to the cross. That is love. When I look at the cross, I see the truth of promises. I see the truth of who and what I am and what I have received from the finished work of the crucified Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever 
believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life for god sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but the world through him might be saved john 3:16 and 17 the truth of the cross is life life both eternal and abundant life is found at that cross without the death of jesus christ we would still be perishing under the law separated from god before the death of Jesus, we were not able to come boldly before the throne. Under the law, we were not worthy of eternal life. It is only through Jesus' death, the sacrificial lamb, that the veil was torn. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, seven. The truth of the cross is peace. When I look at the cross, I see peace. The peace that I carry in my heart. The peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace of knowing I'm not doing this life alone. The peace of His presence holding me, surrounding me, carrying me, walking with me, teaching me, admonishing me, loving me. The peace That peace is the holy and blessed quietness of knowing that I am living His will and He is pleased. And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hebrews 10.10 10. The truth of the cross is promise. The promise that I am forgiven and free. The promise that my sins are forgiven. The promise that I am justified and sanctified in the name of Jesus. The promise that I do not have to spend eternity in hell for my sins. The promise that I am granted eternal life in heaven with my heavenly Father. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Matthew 11:28 and 30 The truth of the cross is rest. There is an invitation of the cross. It is the call to every soul that is sick of sin. Jesus was calling out to all who were weary with binding chains, powerful habits, besetting sins, all who were tired of the lying, the cheating, the adultery, the depression. He was saying, I know you're weary from dragging your chains around, tired of sleepless nights. Yes, sin is a hard taskmaster. Come to me now with your heavy burdens. There is no other way but through my cross. Jesus died on the cross not only to forgive sins, but to break the wearying power of, over us. Because of the confident hope of experience that which is reserved and waiting for you in heaven, Colossians 1 5. The truth of the cross is hope. When the veil was torn, Jesus opened the gateway to heaven and constant fellowship between God and the believers in Christ. In Ephesians 2 13 through 19, Paul writes, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. The cross of Jesus Christ is the central truth of Christianity. This is exactly why Satan has tried to minimize its importance, substitute for it, in many places shut it out altogether. The cross is the instrument of Satan's defeat, the means for our freedom from the power of sin, and is the doorway to the newness of life. Take away the cross and everything else fails. You cannot take the cross out of church to do so negates the reason for Jesus died. You cannot downplay its role in the life of the church or the believer. I've heard some recently call the cross a tree or that Jesus carried it or that Jesus carried a timber. You cannot take the cross out of the church. To do so negates the reason Jesus Christ died. You cannot downplay its role in the life of the church or the believer. I've heard some recently 
called the cross a tree or that Jesus carried a timber on his back. In my opinion, that is blasphemy. It is on the cross of Calvary that we are saved through the whipping and lashes he took on his body. It is on the cross of Calvary that our sins are buried under the blood that poured out of his crucified body. It is on the cross of Calvary that we are granted eternal life with him in heaven. There is a place of victory, peace, joy, and newness of life, except Christ's call to run to him and find rest. Go to the cross of Jesus Christ. The world needs this message today. This is the message of hope, peace, and brotherhood. This is what the world calls foolishness, but what God has been pleased to call wisdom. What do you call it? Billy Graham said in 2007, We won't back down, and we won't retreat. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. This is a subject that is very near and dear to my heart, as well as Michael's. It is one we take very seriously about the cross of Christ and the redemptive work of the cross. If you've ever wondered what it's about, I encourage you to go to our website, www.titus345.com. Click on the page that says, Do You Know Jesus? Read it. Pray the prayer. Understand without a doubt what the work of the cross is all about. If you want to read more about the Tuesday's Truths, Ladies and gentlemen, the cross is truth. There is nothing more, nothing less. So thank you all for listening. Be blessed and know that you are loved by the King.